we've gradually been working our way through Matthew's gospel, his telling of the story of Jesus. But in December, um, we took a break to focus on the Christmas story for a little bit. So we had some Christmas. Uh, and then last week, we were thinking about... That's going down and down, isn't it? It's going to get far away. I'll just see if I can have a little tighter so I don't play with it too much. Okay, tell me off if my hands are naughty. You can say, stop the naughty hands. And I'll put them down and they'll stay still for a bit, okay? Um, last week, uh, we, we, uh, we focused particularly on looking back with thankfulness at the end of the year and uh, looking ahead. Today, we've got one more special as we focus on prayer. Now, Jesus once said this, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. How's that for an invitation to put at the head of a day of prayer? Ask for whatever you wish and it will be done for you. What, what power, right, what potential there is. This is like a, it's like a blank check ready for us to plug whatever we need into it. Or if you're a younger person, this is like God handing you his mobile phone banking application still signed in. That's how serious this one is. Ready to get asking? But before we do, we have to think about the context where Jesus says something like that, the context of this incredible promise. And uh, we have to think about that before we can experience his power. So in the same conversation where Jesus says, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you, he also makes it clear, apart from me, you can do nothing. So it's clearly not a total free-for-all. Right? It's not a total free-for-all. What we're going to do is we're going to explore what Jesus has to say to us um, in the start of the 15th chapter in the book of John. And fittingly enough, Johnny is going to read to us from the book of John. Um, John chapter 15 is page 1083 in our Blue Bibles, if you've got one of those nearby. John 15 in the first eight verses. John 15, verses 1 to 8. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch uh, can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. If you remain in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Thanks, Johnny. Look at that, please, dear. I'm just maneuvering my bits. So Jesus is using a picture to explain to us something critically important. It's a whole lot of gardening stuff tied up in that, right? Branches, pruning, withering, fruit, and you see the sequence of fruit. First of all, no fruit, and then you get fruit, and then you get more fruitful, and then you get much fruit. So there's a nice escalator there of fruitfulness. What I want to know is who is a keen gardener here today? Who's got a green thumb? Can I see green thumbs? 
one, two, three, four. We have quite a few green thumbs, so you've definitely got an advantage today when we're in kind of horticultural mode. Who's not even capable of keeping a cactus alive? I know there is at least one person in this room who cannot keep a cactus alive. Well done, people. Well, you might need a spot more help with this one. But the core of what Jesus is telling us today is very, very simple. It's simple, but it's critical. So we're going to unpack it in three steps. We're going to think about a vine. We're going to think about the fruit, and then we're going to think about the promise. Okay, so first up, the vine. Now, you might not know it, but this, not this picture, but the picture of a vine is used in the Bible in the Old Testament a bunch of times before Jesus picks it up. So it kind of carries some weight with it. It carries some meaning and a sense. As soon as Jesus talks about a vine, his original audience are going to be thinking, clued up to what's going on. They'd be thinking of God's chosen people, the Jews, because they're pictured as a vine repeatedly in the Old Testament, in the first part of our Bible. Psalm 80 is a good example. Isaiah chapter 5, Jeremiah chapter 2. So when Jesus emphasizes, and he starts out by saying, not just I am the vine, like uh, John is famous for its I am sayings. I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. Well, I am the vine is a little bit different. It's the last though, I am the true vine. I am the true vine. And the reason he's emphasizing he's the true vine is he's casting some shade on that other vein, uh, the other vine, the, uh, the other vine of the God's people, God's people, the Jews. And why is he casting shade on the Jews? Because God the Father, who's the gardener in this picture, had a, had a purpose for his vine. He had a purpose for his people. He didn't choose, call, and bless his people just so they could have special attention. Right? He wasn't growing that vine, Israel, God's people, for fun or just as a very low-maintenance pet. You know, the nice thing about vines is you don't have to walk them. So you can kind of see why you might do that. But in the picture, right, God plants the vine. He cares for it. He tends it, but he tends it so that it would bear fruit. God has a purpose for his people. From the very beginning, he has this purpose. When he makes the first connection to his people, makes the first call to them, he speaks about it like this, I'll make you into a great nation, I'll bless you, I'll make your name great, and you will be a blessing. He has a purpose for his people. They're going to be a blessing to others. And later on he says this, through your offspring, through this growing people, through this developing people, all nations on earth will be blessed. He's got this purpose. The purpose for his people is a blessing on all nations, is to bless the world. Now, God's people weren't like that. The gardener watered, the gardener tended, the gardener pruned, but the vine was fruitless. Uh, instead, the people let go of God's ways. They let go of God's heart for justice and for the poor. They let go of the Lord himself. No fruit from them, no light from them, no blessing going out into the world through them. And that's why Jesus calls himself the true vine. He says, that vine was meant to bear fruit. It didn't. I am the true vine over and against this failed people. He's going to be the one through whom God would finally bring that fruitfulness, finally bring that light, finally bring that blessing into the world. He is the one through whom God's purposes in the world, his project in it is finally going to take root, if you want to keep your gardening metaphor. I am the vine, Jesus said. But he doesn't stop there. He says, I am the true vine. I am the vine. You are the branches. We are, we are the branches. This is God's people made new. 
and this time it is God's people rooted in God himself. Like if you remember from the Christmas story, the name Jesus was given, one of the names he was given was Emmanuel, which literally means God with us. Well, Jesus, the true vine, is literally God with us, and we're the branches growing out from this good root, from this God root. And God has a purpose for this vine, just like he did for the old one. He has a purpose for the true vine, and that is that we are to bear fruit. That's what he's about. That's what he's working in us for. That's what he's working in Jesus. That's what he's working through us in his world, through tending us, through pruning us. Like the vine is his plan for restoring and renewing our broken world. Okay, so that's kind of what the vine is. It's the picture of the vine. But what about this fruit? What's the fruit we're planted for? What's our part to play in God's plan for restoring and renewing our broken world? Well, and a little bit of physics for you here, okay? Who knows what centrifugal and centripetal force are? Who knows? Oh, a few physicists at the back. It was so-so. Who can, who can confidently say which one goes which way? Over, over here, got some winners. Which one goes which way? Hugel goes. I'll tell you what. Okay, if you've ever driven with me, from an experiential point of view, you know about centrifugal and centripetal force. You see, um, centrifugal force is the one that throws you out into the window and squeezes your face against it. That's the force at the roundabout and driving at my speeds. And then centripetal force is the one that stops you flying out of the window into the surrounding territory and holds you inside the car, pulls back towards the middle. Okay, so centrifugal going outwards, centripetal going inwards. And the fruit that Jesus is talking about, I'll tell you this, because the fruit Jesus is talking about has both these directions. It has a centrifugal part and a central petal part. It has an outbound part and it has an inbound part. It has a shining and stretching out to it. And then it has a calling and a drawing in part to it. Right, the first angle of that is bearing fruit by living lives that reflect God's character, that reflect his goodness, that shine his righteousness out into the world around us, into the dark world. And perhaps you've heard of the fruit of the Spirit. It's quite a famous phrase in the Bible. Well, that's, that's definitely baked into this fruit that Jesus is talking uh, about here. This is what should grow out of us as God works in us by his Spirit. This is what should shine out of us, shine out of us into the world around. And... Uh, this is what we're meant to be. We're meant to be making God's goodness and his righteousness known through what he's done and what he's doing inside of us. It's what the old vine, it's what God's people, the Jews, were meant to do. They were meant to be a demonstration of God's righteousness and his character in the middle of a dark world. And this is what we really can be as the true vine, as part of the true vine, through Jesus. It's what God intends for us. To bear the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. So that's the kind of shining out. We're transformed and this goodness and righteousness shines out. Eric says, uh, SM71OFS, a VW, your alarm is resounding and uh, making the surrounding area joyous. But you might want to seat it. Thanks so much. Thanks, Eric. Not a mask. 
So shining out this fruit of righteousness, this fruit of the goodness that Jesus is growing inside of us, showing who God is by becoming more and more like him. And the second kind of fruit, fruit bearing, is calling and drawing people in, into this new life that God is giving us. Now, we talk a lot at Hope City about multiplying. Our vision, our hope as a church is to be a humble family under God, engaging everyone in multiplying followers of Jesus. So that multiplying is very much at the heart of what we're about. And when you think about the picture that Jesus is using here, did you notice what's at the center of it? This is baked in because do you know, do you know what's right in the core of an apple? Right in the core of an apple are seeds. Seeds for a whole new apple tree that will bear fruit that contains seeds for more trees. Um, fruit is seed bearing. It carries a seed. That's its definition. That's why tomatoes are a fruit. So you can amuse and encourage your friends by having fruit salad <sighs> with tomatoes. Um, I, I know, I know we've made mutant plants that grow grapes that have no seeds in them and they're still fruit. That's very mystical. But I checked. Merriam-Webster Dictionary definitely says the usually edible reproductive body of a seed plant. The reproductive body. So that, that picture of fruit necessarily has reproduction built into it, has multiplication packed inside its nature. And that is the, that's the inbound side to this outbound shining of God's goodness and righteousness. Fruit, fruit works both ways. Fruit means both things. Just like God's original design for his people. We're here to be a light to the nations and to call and draw those around us towards him. The vine, the fruit, the promise. What about the promise? Well, there's actually a whole pile of promises in this short passage, and we're not going to be able to cover them all this morning by uh, any means. But I want to highlight one big negative promise here as we start. Here's a negative promise for you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. In fact, apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, Jesus is pretty clear there. The fruit we've been talking about, this change in us so that righteousness and goodness shines out from us, this multiplication, calling people towards Jesus, we can't make it by ourselves. Now, we can fake it, but we can't make it. We can't do this by ourselves. We don't have within us the raw ingredients to produce either kind of fruit, either direction of fruitfulness. Can't transform our own hearts and lives, which would make us shine out. We can't see others transformed, can't open their eyes to Jesus. So promise number one, apart from me, you can do nothing. It's not like, uh, apart from me, it's going to be pretty challenging. So, you know, you'd be better off if you worked with me. Or apart from me, your mileage may vary. Some of you will be good at this and other of you are going to be really bad. But it's apart from me, you can do nothing zero and it's a promise no fruit that will last is possible without jesus and a, a fruitless vine that we've been talking about is a pointless vine god's purpose in the vine is to produce fruit if we're not bearing fruit we're totally useless we're we're missing the purpose for which we are created we're missing the point of our lives one size promise let me give you the counterpoint to promise number two if you remain in me and I in you, you 
will bear much fruit. This is a counterpoint promise, and this is a big one because this means it is, in fact, impossible to be fruitless when we remain in Jesus. It's a promise, plain and simple. He doesn't say, if you remain in me and I in you, you could bear some fruit. I don't know what's going to happen. He doesn't say, you might, but he promises you will. And he doesn't just say you will bear fruit. He says you will bear much fruit, a bumper crop. Fruit outbound, shining from a transformed life. Fruit inbound, seeing people called towards Jesus through you. You and I will bear much fruit if we remain in Jesus. Promise number two. Now, when you hear that, I expect some of us, perhaps many of us, are in danger of reading those promises backwards. And we think, well, I don't see very much fruit in my life. So really, I need to ask myself the question, am I in Jesus? If you're thinking that way, I think it's really important that you notice another part of the picture Jesus has chosen to use here. Another aspect built into his imagery. Has anyone ever seen something like this? We've got one of these at our house shining out the window. It's like a, it's, it's called a click and grow. It's like a mini hydroponic unit, a special garden. It's designed to deliver you know, exactly the right light, exactly the water you need, the right nutrients in the, in the right soil to help plants grow all year round, even in Scotland. It's possible. But here's the thing. This, this is a, uh, a tomato I planted yesterday. Not a lot to see yet, is there? I plugged it in. Not a lot to see. See, Jesus' picture about fruit has time built into it. Fruit takes time. There is no seed. There is no vine at all that bears fruit immediately as you drop the seed on the ground. That's only in Charlie's Chocolate Factory where that sort of thing happens. There's no vine that bears fruit every day, new fruit every day. Fruit comes over time. Fruit comes in season. The picture Jesus is using, they knew there were seasons when the vines would grow and seasons when they'd be waiting and dormant. Now, Jesus' promise to us is that fruit will come. Much fruit will come. But the promise is not instantaneous, like the picture of fruit is not instantaneous. Now, the last thing I want to dig into before I'm done, and as especially we're thinking about prayer today, as we're moving into a day of asking God for things, asking God for fruitfulness in us and in our own lives, um, shining out to the world around, and in seeing people come towards Jesus through us and through what we're doing. The last thing we want to look at is Jesus' condition for the promise. He says, if you remain in me. If you remain. Now, what does that mean? What would it mean to remain in Jesus? How, how would I do that? Say I wake up this morning, I'm like, I'm totally going to remain in Jesus today. Well, what would that mean me actually doing? I think sometimes with these sorts of terms, it's helpful to kind of turn it around and look at it from the other direction. The opposite of remaining in Jesus is departing from or leaving Jesus, right? Remaining is staying. The opposite has to be going. The opposite is leaving. Now, the branches in Jesus' picture, the vine and the branches, well, the branches don't go 
anywhere by themselves, of course. They, they gradually extend outwards, always connected to the vine at the center. But they never leave it. They're always connected. They always remain unless something outside, unless somebody outside actually acts on them. Perhaps I rip a branch off being the hooligan I am. Now, Im imagine that branch, once I've ripped it off the vine, the source of its life, how much fruit is that branch going to bear? Well, obviously, none. Think about cut flowers. Even if you put them in a vase, even if you get the fiddly packet and sprinkle it just the right way into the water, they don't last very long. They're definitely not producing any fruit. Now, we're not nearly as sensible as a branch. We've got our own two legs. We have our own mind, uh, our own will, our own intentions. We're surrounded by a world that wants to pull us away from the vine. So we're in a harder place than those branches. We're perfectly capable of leaving rather than remaining, walking away, being pulled away from Jesus' teaching, from his words, from his ways, from his life. When we leave him, we leave behind this potential for fruitfulness. He's really clear about that in those two promises. When we leave him, we leave behind the potential of fruitfulness. God's project for his world, his plan to make it new and to restore all things, won't be going anywhere through us unless his life is flowing, uh, flowing through us. So the question we have to ask ourselves is, do you feel like you have left Jesus? rather than remained in him? Or are you, are you at least barely connected? Have you kind of weakened that joint? Have you started? You know how those branches get snapped and they begin to break, but there's a little connection still? Are you, are you in that sort of weakly connected, hanging by a thread? I expect the truth is that all of us have been there. I expect many of us feel that way today. This is where it's really important to remember the great truth of the gospel, that whenever we return to Jesus, he's not scowling disapprovingly, arms folded, looking at the mess we've left behind us, tut, tut, tutting. No, he's always glad when we turn back, always ready and willing to graft us back in, to bind up the branches that we've broken, to make new. The next part of our gathering that we're going to walk into is an opportunity to reach out to God in prayer for exactly that sort of reconnection, confessing where we've left him, where we've pulled away from him, where we've been pulled away from him, where we've broken or weakened that connection and to seek his pardons and his assurance. But before I go there, I just wanted to ask, perhaps you've never felt or known the life of Jesus flowing through you at all. Perhaps you've never known what it is to have that make you fruitful, and perhaps it is God's plan that you are here this morning. Perhaps you're part of the fruit that actually he's been cultivating this vine gathered around you to bear. Perhaps it's your time to join. Now, it's a big step, but it's not a complicated one. You don't need to get everything in order in order to get started. All you need to do is tell God you are ready to turn away from going your own way and then ask Jesus to come remain in you so that you can remain in him and commit to that. And you can do that right now. You just talk to God inside your head. He's ready. He's waiting. He's listening like we've been talking about prayer already. Is this your day? Uh, as we start a new year, don't miss the opportunity 
Because being fruitful is what you were made for. It's what every human ever was made for. This is what we're made to do. It's what our life is about. And it's only truly possible when we're connected into the vine. In Jesus. Take that step right now and tell someone. Or you can tell me if you don't know who else to tell. If you're online, um, you can click the request prayer button and talk to uh, Karen and her staff here. Jesus wants to pour his abundant life into us by his spirit to make us fruitful. He wants us to bear much fruit. But for that to be possible, we have to remain in him, not leave him. And that's the place that promise about prayer that we started with stands. That's where we close. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Because to my Father's glory do you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. The, the more we're in Jesus, the more he's in us, the more this will be true of what we wish for, of what we pray for. The more our prayers are aligned with the Father's glory, the more our prayers will be the very same fruit that he intends to grow in us and through us.